You're listening to Operation Insomnia, Episode 2, Dead Air. Kitty, the power's just back on. Are you okay? <laughs> that makes one of us. The voice recorders are working again, too. Well, I'm not going to be able to fall asleep anytime soon. I thought someone had broken in, so I'm kind of, you know, pumped up on adrenaline. It's kind of a shame. I thought I'd finally get a chance to use this baby. But you can't hit general unease with a baseball bat. Not that I didn't try, so my apologies to the closet door. Or what's left of it. I guess this means that the outage from earlier is over. At 3am. Right after I finally got to sleep, which is just my luck. I mean, I guess since we're awake, we could update future Olivia on yesterday. You want to go first, kitty? <laughs> Alright then. I'll go. Surprisingly, I can remember most of what's happened since two days ago. Why that is, past Olivia has failed to explain, but whatever. I guess my memory hasn't reset yet. I remember waking up and finding the recording and meeting Nirvana for the first time. <laughs> yeah, you were the best part of that day. And also yesterday. Well, let's start at the beginning. I uh, woke up around 9-ish. Nirvana wanted breakfast, so I came down to the main level, triggered the recording from past Olivia again. It stopped halfway through, though. Just cut off for no reason. I thought there was something wrong with the recording, so I just went to start breakfast. The fridge was working. I noticed that because the hum of it seemed incredibly loud compared to the quietness of the house. The desert is like that. Just... still sometimes. It was... Too quiet, actually, so I tried to get the old radio in the kitchen on. I switched through a few channels looking for music or a talk show, but there was nothing. Just static on every channel. That's when I noticed the recorders were off, too, and then I was mad because I'd been talking out loud all morning, but the stupid things weren't even on. No little red light. So I checked the wall phone. No signal. Checked the TV. Just static. There was a weird, tiny dinosaur game on the computer, but nothing else would load. The weird part was the lights, the air conditioning, and the fridge were all working, which made me think there was a backup generator somewhere. Past Olivia seems to have been pretty tech-savvy after all, with the motion-activated message and her website and whatever. I mean, I don't know, a backup generator made sense at the time, but I guess I forgot the recorders run on batteries. Huh. Anyway, I went to find whatever technological witchcraft past Olivia had rigged up. I figured I'd start at the top of the house and just work my way through it, you know? There could have been solar panels, so I thought I'd check out the roof. <laughs> it 
seemed to make sense at the time, but I don't know. Stepping outside for the first time, like really stepping outside, was kind of strange. I know logically that the sky is blue, but going out for the first time and finding myself under this massive heavenly arch of cerulean, it was like seeing it for the first time in my life. And the air was so clean and there was just enough of a breeze to ruffle my hair. I guess the thing about forgetting is that maybe once in a while, when I'm not angry, it feels like the world is new, just waiting for me to explore it. <laughs> and obviously, since I was staring at the sky like an idiot, that's exactly when someone walked past. It was what I think was a neighbor, although his house is about half a mile from mine. Introduced himself as Martin, or Marvin, <laughs> I don't know, something like that. The point is, we're friends. I can't really remember details about him, but I felt happy to see him. He said it was okay that I couldn't remember since he knew about the memory thing, so that was nice. I didn't have to explain it. I guess I sometimes help him and his boyfriend out with tech things, and they were having some trouble with their cell phones, and so he came over to see if I had any idea what was going on. I told him I didn't, but if I got things figured out, I'd let him know right away. Seems like a cool guy. Anyway, after he left, I went around the side of the house to see if there was a way up to the roof to check for solar panels. There was a ladder propped against the siding that looked like the before picture in an anti-rust commercial, so naturally, I climbed it immediately. Turns out I've done that before. There's a lawn chair up there on the flat part of the shingles and a cooler, although it was filled with old blankets and a beat-up astronomy guide instead of something nice to drink. I was a bit disappointed, but I guess in the heat, things wouldn't stay cool anyway. Best I can figure is I must come up here sometimes to look at the stars. This is where it gets weird. I guess weird is relative in my life, but it felt different from what's happened so far. While I was on the roof, I noticed that there was a grain shed in one corner of the backyard. It's too hot out here to grow grain, first of all. Second of all, it was covered in patches of rust that looked like dried blood. You would think something like that had been abandoned, but there was a little path through the yellow grass, a trail from the cement patio to its tin door. So I went down the ladder and traced the path through the pathetic attempt at a lawn. It felt like a habit, like I'd done it a million times before, but when I reached the door, it was locked. There was a thick padlock on it, and... I don't know, there was something about the way the old tin seemed to shimmer and warp in the heat that made me feel uneasy. I pressed a hand against the door just for a moment, and it burned my fingers. But I felt something else, too. It was like a hum. That's the best way I can describe it. It wasn't audible. It was a feeling. But I couldn't get in, and I had burned my fingers, and something about that not sound made me feel blurry. Like I was half asleep and couldn't wake all the way up. So I did what I do best when something is bothering me, and I ignored it. <laughs> this seems to be my default tactic when things are uncomfortable, and you know what? It worked. At least for a while. I went back inside and spent the rest of the day snooping around my own house and trying to get a sense of who I am. 
You know, for a woman who only has the vaguest idea of how to make a sandwich, I own an alarming amount of cookbooks. At least 20. And I have at least twice as many houseplants as cookbooks, which makes me think I might be a bit of a hoarder. There's a bathroom up here that is just filled with plants. The tub, the sink, the toilet, everything is stacked with pots of growing things. I literally thought I had stepped into a greenhouse. There's another bathroom down here, but if I didn't already know I was one shell short of a clam bake, I would know after seeing that room. Some of them were wilting, though. I remembered nothing about plants, but I was still trying to chase the image of blood-red rust from my mind, so I attempted to help the ones that looked like they were about to die. Clearly, I had gardening aspirations at some point, and it seemed a shame to just give them up. I basically spent the rest of the day swearing at various ferns and succulents and sorting out if something had been underwatered or overwatered. This is apparently a crucial difference in plant care and one which I seem incapable of determining. You know, this distracted me from the lock shed for a surprisingly long time. And then it got late and it got dark and Nirvana was hungry again. So I left off pulling tiny cacti and went to the kitchen. I was looking for a can opener in one of the drawers to open her food when I found it. Not the can opener. A key. A thick, silver key that felt cold in my hand. And I knew it would open the padlock immediately. In spite of my attempts to ignore it, that strange hum was still lurking in the back of my mind. If I wanted any chance at sleeping, I had to know what it was. You know, I'm finding I'm an incurably curious person. Which is basically just a complicated way of saying stupid, but the point is, out into the darkness I went. At least, it was darkness at first. The walk from the back door to the shed seemed much longer than it had during the day, and as I got closer, I could see light. Not healthy light, but the dull, ugly flicker of something electronic leaking out from under the door of the shed. I could hear, feel the hum growing as I got closer. It was louder now. I managed to unlock the padlock, but I didn't open the door immediately. The blue-green glow around the door shifted, like some creature was moving through the light. Part of me wanted to turn back and investigate when the darkness of night wasn't wrapped around the world, but I knew the uncertainty of what lay beyond the door would haunt me unless I looked now. Again, incurably curious. I opened it. The light was sudden, almost shocking in comparison with the night. The humming grew stronger, and it felt like an ache in my skull. But the weirdest part were the screens. There were so many. There must have been at least 50 crammed in between the tin walls, from the floor up to the ceiling wall to wall. The shed was just filled with them. There were old TVs with brittle antennas, thick, boxy computers from long, long ago, paper-thin laptops, and at the back sat an old arcade game with the controls punched in. Each screen flickered with the same pixelated, twitching words. Signal lost. That's all they said, every last one. I had no clue what this strange computer bank was, or what it meant, or why I had it in my backyard, or if I had even put it there. All I knew is that I had seen what I had needed to and wanted to go back inside immediately. I was about to turn and leave when the screen nearest to me flickered off, though. 
Across the room, the old arcade game, it came to life. Its grainy screen rippled with monochrome pixels. When I wanted to look away, I really did, but I felt transfixed. An image became clear through the haze. Finger by finger, a hand became visible. A human hand, or close to it anyway. It was thin and pale, almost childlike, I guess. It stretched out toward me, shaking, and for all the world it reminded me of a drowning man reaching for help. It wanted me to come near it, to be close enough to touch. <laughs> I may be dumb, but I'm not that dumb. So I took a step back. Let's just say we had very different interests at the moment. The hand pulled away as if it was surprised by my reaction. For just a second, it hovered there, glitching softly. Then the fingers spread out, and the palm of it seemed to rest gently against the inside of the machine. For a moment, the sound changed. That inaudible hum clarified into something I could actually hear. It was clear and crystalline, and it brushed softly against my mind. It was beautiful, like the sound of raindrops after a long drought or the final bittersweet note of a symphony. And then the sound grew around me, and grew. I could almost feel the bones of my inner ear quiver, so I jammed my hands over them, and the noise, it hurt. It was so loud and so wrong. Then the fingers on the screen curled into a fist and struck against the glass so hard that the arcade game shook. It was like it was angry at me. Another blow, and it was harder and faster, and the pixelated hand slammed into the screen again and again until a spiderweb of cracks started growing around the impact. I did what any reasonable person would do in this situation and screamed, and while I didn't have a weapon, I figured an elbow through the glass display was the only thing that might work to end the horrible sound. I lunged at the machine, but my foot caught on a loose cord, and I slammed into the cold concrete floor, and looked up just in time to see the fist give one final blow. The shed was plunged into inky darkness, and finally, it was blessedly quiet. The sound had ended. One by one, the screens began to flicker on again. I stayed still on the cool cement, and I could feel the roughness of it against my bruised hands as the light returned. It was strange, but somehow I knew whatever that had been was gone. I found enough energy to finally pull myself off the floor, and the room looked as if nothing had happened. The bank of monitors were glowing as soullessly as they had before. The arcade game bore the only proof of the encounter. There's no signs of cracks on the display, but instead of mirroring the rest of the computer screens, the glitching letters on it simply read, Lost. I'd had enough, so I locked the shed, went inside, 
I dug through the house and found this baseball bat, which is now my new best friend, plus a few kitchen knives, and I moved the couch in front of the back door, I barricaded me and Nirvana in the bedroom, and I went to bed with the lights on. It was a lot. I'm surprised I got to sleep at all, honestly. I feel like I should be scared. Or more scared at least, but I'm just angry. Not even properly angry, just annoyed. <laughs> I mean, not to sound like a total loser, but why me? I'm already so caught up with this memory thing, I don't really have time to worry about whatever this was. Of all the people to haunt, you'd think a ghost would pick someone with more energy to spend on feeling haunted. You know, like, go find a paranoid grandma or something. I don't have time for this. If I see whatever that thing was again, well, let's just say I'll deal with it much faster this time. And I guess I'm angry at me too. The more I start to look around, the more I try and understand myself, the less it makes sense. Why do I have this creepy computer lab in my backyard? Why didn't past Olivia warn me about it? Or say something about the plants? Why of all people do I have to deal with an evil arcade game when I'm already so busy trying to remember who I am? I guess it just feels stupid and unfair. I'm tired and it's 3 a.m. and I'm just confused. Anyway, I'm annoyed enough at past Olivia that I'm not in the mood for working on her stupid website, even though the computer is working again. So I'm going to ignore her and do whatever I want, which at this point is watch TV until the sun comes up. Then I'm going to do something about that shed. I'm thinking about burning it. Maybe the nice neighbor will help me. He doesn't strike me as much of an arsonist, but hey, do you know what? It does not hurt to ask. I mean, if someone asked me to help them burn something down, I'd be thrilled. It's a good bonding activity, you know? Anyway, this is a very ticked off, sleep-deprived, and on-edge Olivia signing off. Oh. And I, I guess future me, or really, if anyone is listening, I hope things get better for us soon. And good luck out there. You've been listening to Operation Insomnia. New episodes are uploaded every other Friday. For more updates, visit us at operation.insomnia on Instagram or join the Discord community. Music was composed by Neville Studios and additional sound effects were provided by zapcloud.com. The material in this episode is copyrighted under international law and may not be commercially redistributed without written consent. Thanks for listening.